there, this is Laren Baker and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today we're chatting with Daniel Nicholson of Natamu. A Texas native, Daniel took his degree in mechanical engineering and followed a career in the renewable energy industry, living and working abroad in Europe. Upon returning to Austin, he was introduced to Natamu and the world of dairy-free ice cream and eventually took the reins of the company as CEO and president. I am so excited to welcome Daniel to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much, Liren. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to be here chatting with you. Yeah. So I always start by asking, what's the first thing that you ever cooked and about how old were you? Oh man, that's uh, that's <laughs> tough. I, to to be totally honest, I'm I'm not I'm not the best not the best cook in the world for sure. Um, but I I'd, I'd have to say, as I really started to dabble in in the kitchen, I'm, I've when I take control of, of what it is that I'm consuming, it's always extremely healthy. Like I, I've really, um, I, I get into a good groove cooking in the kitchen, especially when I'm working out, when, when I know that it's really important to feed myself good, nutritious food. And so I think, I think roasting vegetables was honestly one of the first things that I, uh, that I undertook. I, I do a lot of meal prep. I'm not a big, you know, like gourmet cook at the house. Uh, my days are very active. You know, the work week can be fast and furious, and and on the weekends is when I allow myself to kind of to go out and eat and maybe indulge a little bit more in uh, in gourmet food. So meal prep is kind of my first introduction um, into the kitchen. Lots of roasted vegetables, lots of just I mean even raw fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. um, is is what I what I like to cut up and prep and have packed away and. Some get roasted, some get consumed raw, just depending on on the uh, on the specific dish, and that's what I have found like works best for me, and and really uh, feeds or or fuels fuels my day, my my exercise, and 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 my work. That's such a great approach. I think that you know a lot of times we forget that what we what we eat really does fuel our bodies and that we need to think of it as a machine. Um, of course, there's pleasure too, and that's what the indulging is there for. So I think that roasting vegetables and prepping vegetables is a great start to any week. I wish I was better at meal prep. Honestly, I'm the worst at it. So <laughs> that's it's, a great thing. It's super, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been great for me. I, I, I think I'll, I'll do Sunday, I'll do Wednesday, kind of twice a week, just prepping food. Um, and then to your point, I'm, I'm also very much a very much a foodie. I, I allow myself to, you know, when I go out to a restaurant, I allow myself to indulge a little bit and get out of my get out of my day to day. And I think the the indulgence part is is you know totally warranted too. I, I think mm-hmm. uh, food food makes us happy. Really good food, really good tasting food. Um, of course, I'm I'm also a believer in really high quality food. Um, yes, quality ingredients are important too to properly fuel your body, even when you are indulging. Um, but but yeah, that's kind of that's that's how I that's how I view my my general consumption practices. <laughs> that's a good approach. So speaking of good food and indulging, could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what brought you to the world of dairy free ice cream? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. As as you touched on in the intro, uh, degree in mechanical engineering. Uh, my very first job outside of uh, outside of CPG or the consumer package goods space mm-hmm. um, was with a renewable energy utility focused on wind power. Uh, was based out of Madrid, Spain, and 
really wanted to put my engineering degree to work focusing on uh, renewable, renewable energy, on sustainability. To me, coming out of undergrad, even, you know, coming from a school in Texas, nonetheless, where a lot of things are focused on oil and gas, um, I very clearly knew that I wanted to be a part of an industry that I, that really felt like was driving, you know, the, the future of the planet that we live on much more sustainably. Um, and so that was my first kind of, my first gig out of undergrad. It, it just so happened that when that stint uh, working for that company was done in Madrid, it, it was actually like a nine month program, nine month paid, uh, sort of paid internship program after I graduated. When it was done, I moved back to Austin where I knew I wanted to kind of, uh, where I knew I wanted to set up shop and, you know, kind of try to leverage my network uh, to see, you know, what that next career path would be. I, one thing I found out while in Spain was I didn't want to work for a big company. I, I, mm. I just felt very disconnected from the overall, um, you know, mission and purpose, the bigger picture of, of, around what my work was contributing to, you know, to the company. And so as I, as I moved back to Austin and was reconnecting with my local network, uh, a very close friend of my family who I was having breakfast with, um, recommended that I meet the founder of Nautimu. We, he, he, he thought, um, he found that both of us were very much passionate about the same thing, sustainability, health and wellness. Um, you know, just like really the, the concept of consuming good food, um, to, to power, to power our lives and health. And, and so I took him up on that offer, um, was introduced to the founder of Nautimu back in 2008. Uh, set up this meeting. I, we started the meeting with, they served me some scoops of maple pecan, maple pecan, not a move. Best meeting of my life. Definitely still haven't had, <laughs> still haven't had a better one uh, yet, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sitting down and they're talking to me about the company and really the, the mission, the vision of, you know, really solving the, you know, being a solution to the obesity epidemic and to diabetes which are obviously, you know, a, a really massive issue within our uh, within our country and, and really globally now as we export our, mm -hmm. our food consumption practices. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I was there eating this maple pecan ice cream. It was absolutely delicious. I, I think we're all ice cream lovers. Uh, may, maybe, you know, maybe we graduate away from it, but at some point in our lives, we have all, you know, just totally indulged and enjoyed a some scoops of ice cream. And so I'm there eating it. I'm listening to, you know, them present about their vision for the company. And I, I couldn't help but feel just very drawn to wanting to be a, a, a part of it, wanting to put my, you know, put my skills to work in helping them build the brand. And uh, yeah, kind of long story short, um, they, they they were looking to raise capital at the time. I, I actually kind of facilitated the raising of capital through some through my family, and jumped on board very early stage in 2008. The company was founded in in 2005, and so they were kind of three years into the business. I uh, I, I jumped on board and started to uh, started to work the books. I, I, I was a bookkeeper, really kind of keeping. <clears throat> really taking care of the day-to-day -day accounting and uh you know that's kind of where it all that's where it all began my 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 ongoing love affair with the uh with this incredible ice cream brand 
I think that every meeting should have some ice cream involved. I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> How do you not fall in love? Um, so it definitely sounds like that there was that aha moment and you know, you just couldn't help Absolutely. be drawn into it. So what was the transition like for you um, as you took over the company eventually? Can you tell us about that path? Yeah, I, so about three years into, into being the controller of the company, um, the, the founder decided that she was burned out. She no longer wanted to, uh, to be a part of the business. And, you know, at that time, as I, as I touched on, my family had uh, invested money into the business and, you know, had gotten even more deeply involved in their initial investment. These, these businesses are super capital intensive. It, it takes a lot to, to really build a brand and to run a food company. And so we were, we were three years in and I was three years in and my knowledge and understanding of, of the business had, you know, begun to grasp a lot of the, the bigger picture of how the business worked. And so as the founder wanted out, um, I, I kind of found myself with a personal decision to make, right. And, and some pressure put on me by family too, like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, you're, 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 you're the one that's really involved in the day to day. We, of course, you know, we care about our investment. Um, what, what do you want to do? You know, like, should we, do we think we can continue running this without the founder? You know, do, do you want to, you know, step up and run it? Should we wind things down? You know, the, the business wasn't performing poorly, um, but it definitely wasn't, um, definitely wasn't growing at the rate that, you know, that, uh, was, was initially forecasted. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, we were kind of left there with a, with a, with a challenge and, and me with a decision. And, and ultimately I decided, um, that I, I wanted to continue running the business. Like I, I, I think, I think I had figured a lot of things out. Um, I, I felt like I knew where we needed to continue to focus and make investments to drive sales, to drive revenue, which is, uh, you know, in the early stages, the most important part. And so, uh, yeah, I decided to embrace the new leadership role, step up and, and step into the role and, and really just, you know, try to continue to keep propelling things forward. Uh, not, not yet really having the full plan or, or full vision of, of how to get to where I knew we needed to be. But I knew enough. I felt like I knew enough of, of what had to be done to help us start to get there. And as you can imagine, I mean, stepping into a behind the scenes accounting role. Um, to like being at the forefront, you know, being mm -hmm. the new face, the new leader in the company. Um, definitely not what I signed up for. Uh, wasn't wasn't my uh, wasn't my intention or vision when I first got started. <laughs> but you know, sometimes in life, um, you know, uh, things kind of call on you to to take yourself to the next level and then and take that next step. And I'm I'm glad that I embraced it. I think uh, since that day. Uh, the, the brand has obviously had a lot of success and, and, you know, really now powered by a much larger team than we were that day. Like we, we have, we have a lot of additional momentum and, a, and additional growth opportunities, um, to, to really be, to be excited about. I think that's, that's really, that's the new driving force is, is kind of seeing the world before us, seeing, uh, seeing the opportunities in front of us and really feeling like we are well positioned and we've built a great brand um, that can continue to be well positioned for the future of, of everyone's consumption practices, which are 
beginning to lean to the dairy-free and, and the plant-based mm -hmm. movement. So for those who may not have tasted Natamu, could you just describe it a little bit, uh, what the key ingredient is, and, and just some of the, the resources that you call upon when you source, um, source everything? Yeah. I, so really, I mean, since the inception of the business, we've been really focused on organic on organic ingredients. Um, and, and we've become even more passionate about organic over time. So we use organic coconut milk. We use organic agave nectar. Um, we, we've chosen agave nectar specifically because it's a natural sweetener. It's also a low glycemic index sweetener and it's sweeter than cane sugar. So you don't have to use as much of it to achieve, you know, that same level of sweetness. Um, we use tapioca syrup and we use organic tapioca syrup solids. Uh, we use or organic inulin, which is actually a, a, a prebiotic fiber. Um, and then there's, there, there's some gum. There's like locust bean gum and sea salt. Like the, those are the foundational ingredients of, of the, of the product. Um, you know, very simple. All, yeah, very, very simple, very clean label, all organic, mm -hmm. all things that we, you know, that, that we know enough about and should feel uh, should be uh, comfortable consuming. Um, and from there, we, we flavor on top of that base. We, we flavor on top of that base. If we're trying to achieve mint chip, well, then, you know, we'll bring in a mint flavor or an organic mint extract, uh, chocolate chips. Of course, you know, we source organic organic chocolate chips in the case of mint chocolate chip. And that's, that's really, I mean, that's where it's at. And we have always prided ourselves in the taste and the texture of our products. Like when, when you think of ice cream, mm -hmm. we believe no matter if, if you're, you know, if you're a plant-based ice cream or a dairy based ice cream, like the, the most important things are taste and texture that yes. really drive that mouthfeel, you know, that the, the overall experience, um, and so we've prided, I mean, since day one, I mean, we've been very proud at the taste profile and the texture profile that we've achieved with those ingredients, these very high quality ingredients that really make us, uh, you know, a, a standout, a standout in the category, um, you know, very, uh, with, with very little marketing funds, very little marketing budget. Uh, we've been able to build a really healthy business and, and we firmly believe that, that a lot of that is driven by just the, the taste profile, the, the, the brand name and the, the high quality ingredients that we focus on. Yeah, I can personally vouch for how much I do love it. It's I do remember the first time I had Natamu um, a few years back, my husband was going through, you know, we were trying to shift our eating more towards plant based Um and, I, you know, we were kind of going through all the different dairy-free options. <laughs> and yeah. Natamu was definitely one of our standout favorites out of all of them. Because not everyone can achieve, you're right, that texture, that mouthfeel. Um, and it's good. It's very simple. And the flavors are great. But I feel like we should talk about Austin a little. Because <laughs> Natamu is based in Austin. I feel like it's such a cool town to, to you know, for this product to have been birthed from. So could you just tell us a little bit about Austin and, and yeah. what it's like to do business there. I'm always excited to, to talk about Austin. I was personally born, I, I was born in Austin, uh, raised uh, in Laredo, Texas, in South Texas, but came back to Austin uh, to, to go to school, to go to undergrad. And of course, came back after my short stint in Spain. And and when when I got going with Nadamu, the fact that the, the brand is based there, 
you know, it has been, was founded there, was born there, right there with Whole Foods Market. Yes. Um, you know, Whole Foods is, was also birthed in, in Austin. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, as, as we look back on, on the history of the company, it's, it's very easy to understand how important Austin has been to our success. Um, if you can imagine a vegan ice cream company um, <laughs> being birthed in the state of Texas back in 2005, like I, right. look, look no further than Austin as the place that could allow that to happen. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, just absolutely love the city, love the foodie culture, love everybody's, um, you know, like there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that are living much more progressive lifestyles with respect to their diets. And it's just really provided this super healthy ecosystem, um, for us to, to continue to build such an iconic brand and, uh, yeah, just love the city, love the active lifestyle um that that it that it caters to and yeah food music i mean all, all the best things there's just there's so much going on there um a lot of great businesses being founded on the tech side on the food side and and the collaborative nature um and, and kind of the the sharing culture is is incredible it's it's really it's it's unprecedented the way people work together you know, even sometimes competitors you know like mm -hmm. potential competitors are are open to developing great relationships and sharing notes and information and and you know and, and really helping each other and I think it's uh, it's been critical to, to our success and um, yeah we're just we're so proud to to be based there and to continue to uh, be a part of you know the greatest growth story in America right now <laughs> and the city of Austin is busting at the seams. Um, yes. And, and, you know, we've had a front row seat and, and we've been able to, to continue to, to elevate our brand, um, you know, with, with Austin right there with us. Um, so yeah, just really, really love it. What, what do you think about Austin? Do you, uh, do you come very often? I haven't. Okay. So I have relatives who live in the Dallas area and Houston area, but I haven't been to Austin yet, but my plan is to go very soon because uh, we actually talked about this before, how like a lot of Californians are moving out there. And I know that can be a hot topic for some, but I actually have a girl, I have a girlfriend from New York who, where I'm from. Um, and so she and her husband just bought a place in Austin. So it is awesome. my top priority to come down and visit. But I also think that it is cool that Austin and Anamu have kind of grown at, you know, at the same pace at the same time. Um, and if anything, if you're going to be testing a product such as dairy-free ice cream back when that didn't really exist, you know, how many years ago, that you learn really fast how to make it desirable when you're mm -hmm. in a place like Texas. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's cool, and I and I think Austin just has a great reputation overall. So yeah, I would yeah, love I to hang there. Yeah, and, and I think what's really interesting as as I think about my experience in Austin and in the food business, right? Like, I, I mean, both kind of, I, I moved back to Austin, as I shared in 2008, and I got involved with Nadamu in 2008. So for the past 13 years, um, I've, I've been a part of a very, very fast uh, changing, fast growing industry in, in the food and CPG space. And I've been mm -hmm. living in a very fast, fast growing 
fast-paced, quickly changing city environment. And, and, you know, just that, that overall experience, like the, the insights that are gained, you know, the things that are learned, um, you know, the, the things that, that, that you really, um, that become just extremely insightful for, you know, for, for future, uh, for future things, for future purposes, I think has been incredible. Like having those things running in tandem and, and really feeling like they're almost, you know, traveling yeah. at the same breakneck speed, um, I think has been, has made for an incredible life experience for myself and, and for, for a lot of the team members, um, that, that have been so instrumental in, uh, in, in helping us build our brand as well. I, yeah, I think that's really awesome. I feel like that same kind of energy exists here in the Bay Area with tech and food. And it's just you can't help but get kind of caught up in it. And yeah. that's part of the reason why I do what I do now. Um, but what changes have you seen in the 16 years that you've been involved in, you know, in, in, in the industry with Dairy Free in particular? Yeah, I, I mean, when we when when we first got involved or when the company was first founded, I, I mean, there were such few options uh, on the shelf in the frozen dessert set, right? There were soy based mm -hmm. products, right. there were rice based products and may, and maybe almond was like kind of the new, the new yeah. kid on the block. Mm -hmm. um, but those were the only bases that had really been, uh, been played with. And, and that's really where our founder had the vision and the foresight, you know, really had her put her natural pastry chef background to work. Um, and, and really understood or was kind of baffled at the fact that coconut milk hadn't been used yet in the ice cream application. Very, you know, very high plant, you know, plant-based saturated fat that would, that she felt would mimic the dairy application mm -hmm. very well. And, and so that was kind of her aha moment. For one, they went to the, to the store and tried everything, tried everything that was currently on the shelf. And absolutely, they were not her and her sister um, who were, who had just been diagnosed with severe lactose intolerance, they were just not happy with the options on the market. And that, that's really what, uh, got her to begin to, to tinker with a coconut milk based frozen dessert, uh, recipe at, at her house. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so coconut milk back in 2005, like that was the new innovation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, fast forward to today, also at that time, there were probably only a handful of, of, of competitors, right? Like a handful of players yeah. in the space. Fast forward today, there's over 85 brands. Uh, there's over 85 <laughs> brands in the plant-based frozen dessert space. Um, cashew milk, uh, oat milk, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you name it, sunflower milk that Ben & Jerry's just came out with. Like the, the options are endless. Um, and, and everybody is trying to, you know, kind of buy for their point of, of differentiation. Uh, there's a lot more money in, involved in the industry, a lot more money being invested into the space that's allowing all of these companies to, uh, you know, to, to have an opportunity at, at building a successful brand or company. And it's, it's just, it's incredible. Like back, back in the day, like we, we had, uh, we had time on our side or we, you know, we still do, we, we have time and experience behind us. We, we got to really work on growing things a lot more organically. And I think that's been very, very helpful and, and insightful now as things are moving very fast paced. Um, you know, the fact that we've been able to build out, uh, build out significant distribution before things got too crazy has been like, has been a very strong point for us. And, 
I think, uh, you know, that's just one category perspective. I mean, we could go across the board, you know, plant, plant based meat alternatives and yes. I mean, even, even further, like we're getting to this place as something that's really starting to that I'm really becoming more and more passionate about is there. I, I feel like we're putting too much science, too much high technology back into our food now. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I personally, I'm, I'm not cool with, you know, a dairy, a dairy product that's not using cows to, you know, to, to, uh, to produce the milk. And, and, and then it's coming on the shelf and it's being passed off as like a vegan product or a plant-based product. Like the, the, the market doesn't even know how to market it yet. Um, because mm-hmm. the technology is just advancing way too quickly. And I think we need to caution ourselves um, with the pace at which we're kind of moving on some of these new technologies. And that's just, you know, that's on the dairy side. Same thing is going on on the meat alternative side. And like, I think technology is cool. We, we need to continue to utilize it to, to understand things better and maybe have fallback plans. Um, if, you know, if, if the, planet continues to spiral, you know, down in, in the wrong direction and, and, um, and, and away from a more sustainable and healthy lifestyle. And so, you know, I mean, all those things going on um, are just really, really, um, they're, they're super interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated by the science, but I, I'm also, you know, I, I want all of us to be cautious about, uh, about moving too quickly when it comes to the things that we are ingesting in our bodies every day. You bring up such a good point. I do feel as though we are like a train that's going really fast, but the pendulum eventually in all in all situations will eventually swing one way or the other. And I feel like we're kind of going to the extreme of one end and the whole, you know, using too much technology to like synthesize our food can get a little scary. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know, I think it's important for us to consume for us as consumers. Um, to, to, to recognize the importance of our everyday decisions and, and how those have, um, you know, they have an astounding impact on, uh, on our own personal health and wellness, which we should hold, you know, to the highest uh, level of priority. Um, and, and, you know, and also just as important is the impact that that has on the planet that, that we live on. And, Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think we we need to continue to be more and more mindful. There is definitely a mindful, conscious movement going out there, going on and out there in the world. But there's also a massive, massive number of people who just you know do not want to hear it, do not want to pay it any time or attention. And and we really need to work together to to you know to as a mass movement to make better collective decisions that will drive us in the in the right direction with our again, with our personal health and wellness and, and the way that that impacts the, the, the overall planet that we, uh, that we inhabit. Yeah. Um, I, we really should talk about the new no sugar line um, yeah. that just was released this year. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So no sugar added, um, you know, for, first I'll say before I jump into no sugar added, our existing product line has always been lower in calories, lower in sugar, lower in carbs basically all the macro nutritionals have been better than pretty much every other product out there on the market since day one um so we we already feel like we were doing a great job on the nutritional side yet we we realized there were some new players in the space who started wanting to go to lower calorie and lower sugar uh levels 
Uh, you know, you look at the back of their ingredient list and, you know, the ingredients that they are using to achieve those lower calorie and lower sugar levels are something that we should also kind of, you know, be be mindful of. They're, they're not the most natural. They're not the highest quality ingredients. Um, and so but 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 they they were having some success, you know, like there is obviously a consumer out there that's very micro focused on calories and, and sugar, uh, you know, gram content per serving. Um, so we felt like the responsible thing um, being, you know, kind of standing on, on our core values around taste and, and texture and quality. Uh, we felt like there was a massive opportunity for us to put a much better version of those products out there on the market. And, and that's what, uh, you know, really forced our team to, to want to deliver a very, very indulgent, no sugar added product. And so just this, uh, just this spring, we launched four flavors. It's our brand new product line, our very first new product line outside of our core yeah. line since we launched in 2005. So as you can imagine, huge milestone for the company to, to be bringing our, our first new product to the market. Um, and yeah, we're just excited about it. It delivers on all the things that we wanted it to do. We definitely feel like it's the best tasting, um, highest quality, cleanest ingredient, no sugar added product out there. Um, and, and we just know that it's a sign or trying to signal to the market that it's a sign of things to come from us. We, we have a great team. Uh, we have the ability to develop new products and we want to take the Nadamu brand. Uh, we want to continue to create value in the non-dairy frozen dessert space, but we also see, you know, our, our future is also, uh, focused on, other dairy, you know, dairy driven categories um, that we feel we can play well in, you know, think, think of, you know, think of yogurt, think of mm -hmm. uh, dairy beverage, you know, dairy free beverage, stuff like that. And, and so I think that's, that's really where we want to go. And no sugar added has been a, a great milestone for us to hit um, to, to begin to signal to the consumers that we're, we're ready to uh, provide more value to uh, to their lives and, and hopefully continue to grow our consumer base in the process. That's super exciting. I, I like that you guys have taken your time, have perfected your product before moving on to the next thing. Because I, I feel like a lot of products just sort of start churning out different variations, different things, and they expand a little too quickly. But I imagine that your R&D is super busy right now because the possibilities oh. are endless. Super, super, super busy. And, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely say like, we're, we're, we're never done perfecting things. Our <laughs> core line, our core line, we're making little tweaks and perfections mm -hmm. to everything all the time, even as we are launching these new or, you know, preparing to launch these new products. And I mean, that's, that, that's our commitment, you know, that's our commitment to the consumer and, and, you know, we will work tirelessly to make sure that we are providing the best consumer experience possible. Okay, I have to ask, uh, what's your favorite flavor? <laughs> <laughs> so since day one, I, I, I mean, for, uh, you know, for very clear flavor reasons, I, I always grew up liking pecan praline, butter pecan, like those were my mm -hmm. uh, childhood favorites. So maple pecan for me has always been my favorite in, in our Nadamu line. It's also the very first flavor that I ever tried. Yeah. That gave me that aha. That gave me that aha moment. That you know has literally kind of changed the trajectory of my life. Has changed my you know the the focus of my life for sure for the past thirteen years. And 
So for taste, you know, strictly taste purposes and for other sentimental values, <laughs> it's maple pecan, a hundred percent has has always been my favorite. But but really everything we do, I, I really feel like everything we do, uh, we do it really well. And and honestly, we're always open to hearing feedback from consumers to make sure we can continue to uh, to tweak and, and perfect each and everything we do. Well, I feel like I could ask you questions all day because who can't talk about ice cream all day? <laughs> but I just have a few <laughs> closing questions, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, I go for okay. it. What's something that you make when you're too tired to cook? What's Emergency go-to. Something that, that I you make. make. Yeah, for dinner, if you're just too tired to cook at the end of the day. I, I, I whip up a nice salad. Like I, I, I love salad. I always have lettuce. I always have, you know, different varietals of lettuce in my refrigerator. So I will, you know, I'll, I'll put a nice green base together. I'll cut up a bunch of, you know, mushrooms, other raw vegetables, just make it a very, very hearty, uh, very hearty salad. And, and that to me, it's something that I always need to have on hand. It's quick. It's uh, it's easy. It requires no cooking, no temperature, and uh, yeah, definitely my definitely my go-to in a pinch. <laughs> um, is there a recipe that you treasure at all? Um, I, there's 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 really not. I what's what's interesting for me too. I, I as I touched on, I grew up in South Texas, uh, very Mexican American family. My diet consisted of a lot of Mexican food growing up. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, so, so I love Mexican food, but I really reserve consumption of Mexican food for when I go home to Laredo. And so in my, in my normal everyday life, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I haven't really honed in on trying to veganize any of my family's kind of old school favorite recipes, because I think it would be difficult um, mm -hmm. And it would probably fall short of the uh, of the indulgent experience that I that I grew up with. Um, but I mean, there's there's one recipe that I'll share. My family has this green rice recipe that I I feel like that's going to be the first one that I really take. Um, it's 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 one of my favorites. And if I can take that recipe and put a healthier plant based spin on it. I think I would be uh, I'd be very very happy because it's definitely a childhood favorite and a, and a family favorite. Those are always the best, and if, you know what? If you're going to be able to go home to Laredo and enjoy the real thing, <laughs> sometimes yeah. that's even better. What's in the green rice? I'm just curious. What makes so it green? So green rice, there's like there's a mixture of poblano peppers and serrano peppers. You basically you know create like a almost like a salsa a paste with mm. it. Um, it, in, in my mom's recipe, it also has, uh, it has, there's a lot of cheese, you know, so I would want to pick my, my best, uh, my favorite shredded vegan cheese. I, I, I have a couple that I go to, I kind of interchange. Um, I, I believe there's also like a, a sour cream component, like a, a cream component that is added mm. to the Poblano and Serranos. Um, and then it's just, it it's sounds so good. and it's kind of done in, it's done in layers. You kind of put a layer of rice. Oh. And then you put a layer of the of the serrano poblano sauce, cream sauce, with some cheese, and then you put another layer of rice, and kind of do the same thing to the top layer, and you bake it. Um, so it's it's almost like a rice casserole type dish. One of my favorite. I mean, I can eat it as an entree. I mean, you can eat it as a side, as an entree. It's really incredible. That sounds incredible. Sounds so good. I'm getting really hungry. Um, <laughs> 
I usually ask everybody this. Are you a neat cook or a messy cook? I'm super neat. I, I, I'm, yeah. my place is always neat. I, I really, um, I, I need it to be in order for everything else in my world to be in harmony. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm the kind of cook that as I'm, you know, chopping things up as I'm cooking things and getting the kitchen clean, I'm, I'm cleaning as I'm cooking. So by the time yeah. I'm done, I'm washing dishes and it's like nothing ever happened in my, in my kitchen. Oh gosh. I wish I was like that, but <laughs> I try, I try. It's a good day when I can be. Um, what's a good kitchen tip? Uh, good kitchen tip. I, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in um, just like slow, slow cooking processes. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I really think, you know, like, I, I mean, just to, to, to frame the juxtaposition, it's, it's just like doing something slow and taking your time versus, you know, blasting it quickly in the microwave like that, you know, it just, I think, uh, I, I believe the time element, you know, time is a function of care, um, as you're, as you're dealing in the kitchen, you know, I, I mean, obviously that's hard. It's hard to achieve. If we, a lot of us have very fast paced lives are always on the go. Um, and, but, you know, when, when you're going to get into the kitchen and, and prepare something for yourself, for you and your, you know, partner, for you and your family, um, I, I, I really think, you know, and enjoying that time and, and allowing for some healthy, you know, type of meditation to take place as you're preparing that food, I, I think is really beautiful. I, I, I have found time in the kitchen to be uh, a new form of meditation for me mm -hmm. where I'm you know, just kind of taking myself out of my uh, kind of normal thought process, very, you know, very focused on work or very focused on on, on other personal uh, facets of my life. But I think, yeah, kitchen time should be sacred um, and, and we should really take our time and, and enjoy uh, enjoy preparing food for ourselves. It's, it's important. Yeah. One of the most important decisions we make every day is uh, what it is that we put in our bodies. So, so be, be mindful, be thoughtful around um, how you're spending that time within the kitchen. That is such a good tip. Uh, it's, I do feel like love is that secret ingredient in everything. So why not be intentional and, and enjoy the time while you're preparing food? That's awesome. Okay. So on Fridays, this is the last, well, one of the last questions on Fridays, I usually share five little things, something that made me happy during that week. So is there something that made you happy recently? Yes, absolutely. Um, we we closed on some capital uh, just this week. Uh, we we've been in fundraising Congrats. mode. Yeah, we, we've been in fundraising mode, and so uh, just on Tuesday, we we closed on a significant uh, portion of of capital for the business to continue focusing on growth. And uh, you know, in, in the business world, that is definitely. Uh, one of the one of the happiest moments. Fundraising can be difficult, can be time consuming. Um, you know, a lot of mental and, and emotional um, um, focus goes into it, and mm -hmm. so to bring that to fruition, it was definitely a happy moment this week. Oh, I'm sure your shoulders kind of like relaxed a little bit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's there's still still so much work to do, um, but mm -hmm. but yes, absolutely big. Uh, big, uh, big weight off of our shoulders for for the time being, and now we're ready to, uh, you know, continue putting our our plan into uh, into execution mode. 
Awesome. All right. So where can people find you and Natamu and how can they taste this amazingness? Yeah. So I, I, I would say definitely go to the website, our website, www.natamu.com. Um, you know, to find out about the company, you can purchase our product online to be delivered directly to your doorstep. If, uh, you know, if, if that is something that, uh, that interests you, that a lot more people are, are enjoying that aspect of consuming. So we're yeah. happy to provide that service. Um, you can find me, uh, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably where I'm, I'm most, uh, most active. And my handle is simply at Dan. Uh, so the brand name Nadamu followed by Dan, the first three letters of my name, Daniel. Mm -hmm. um, also follow us, uh, fo follow the brand on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, simply, you know, just search Nadamu and, and it'll be there. We love to hear from people. Uh, we love to engage with our consumers, whether you're a current or a future uh, prospective consumer, find our product in stores nationwide. We're in about 11,000 uh, grocery store doors nationwide. Um, on, on our website, you can pop in your zip code, pop in your address and find the store nearest you where you can go find the product if, if you'd rather go to the grocery store uh, to find it. And yeah, we just we really, really uh, appreciate uh, appreciate anybody and everybody who is who has tried our product or is looking forward to trying our product in, in the future. Well, Good luck with all your future endeavors. It's summer, so I think everyone should go get some Nadamu. And thank you again for spending time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. Th thanks so much. The, the pleasure and the pleasure is all mine, Laren. I, I appreciate okay. you. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Daniel Nicholson for chatting with us about Nadamu and his journey in building a sustainable and delicious dairy-free brand. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking.